0: I'm Zach Weiss, and you're listening to Across the Calves on the Basketball Podcast Network. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome inside the latest edition of Across the Calves on Thursday, November 10th, 2022. Cass sands you might still be sleeping after that tough finish against the Kings last night. Whether it put us to sleep, whether it woke us from sleep, I don't know if, if anyone else had a harder time staying up for that game than the Clipper game. Nonetheless, we didn't get it done. Shout-out Delovedovo, who played a grand total of zero minutes. Low-key disgraceful, but Davion Mitchell is a good enough backup for Fox, so I'll hold that complaint. Shout-out Mike Brown. Yes, we lost, but you have to be happy for the Kings. who haven't made the playoffs. Since half, half of you guys were still in diapers, 2006. No disrespect to obviously the the older audience, but it's been a minute for the Kings. And good for them. I am rooting for them. I'm a big Keegan Murray fan. I really like Kevin Herter having watched the Hawks, as most of you did, take down the Knicks and then shun the Sixers, or stun the Sixers. They may as well shun them as well with Ben Simmons. who hopefully his mental health's getting better, but he definitely feels shunned by the basketball gods right now with how he's playing. But shout out to the Kings. The Cavs will bounce back fine. Although today's guest probably hopes the Cavs lose their third game in a row. Patrick E. Pino, host of the Oakland Warriors podcast. It is a pleasure to bring you on. We've been trying to do this for a couple months and we finally found the day.
1: Welcome. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, talking Warriors-Cavs. Cavs are actually one of my favorite teams to watch this year. Uh, even though I haven't had a chance to watch them too much, but uh, I I like their talent. I like their makeup.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna get to that. But my one my one Cavs question, and we'll talk about your podcast and how it came to be. Which calf, besides Garland and Mitchell, to you has been the biggest surprise to just kind of read about this year?
1: Um, I don't know about in terms of surprises. Um, I guess I'm surprised that Coro doesn't play more.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get into that. We'll, I, it's but, a good thing, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wish it wasn't a good thing. But let's just say if you hopped on a court right now, Patrick, I don't know your, your – how, how tall are you? Uh, five, six. Five, six. All right. If you hopped on a court to play the three – you would still score as many points as a Coro, and I hate saying that. <laughs> <laughs> he had some. He had that thirty-five point game against the Suns as a rookie. I don't know what happened that night. That night was fake. That night never really happened. I'm just convinced. But he, he just he can't score, and we will get into a Coro. But why don't we talk uh, for you, Patrick? How did you get into Oakland Warriors? I know you've, you've been a Warriors fan for a long time. How did yeah, you start I've the pod? been.
1: I started the pod back in 2018. I've been a fan for decades, and. Uh, I started with a buddy of mine, but then uh, life got in the way and it was like, yo, man, I can't meet up. Uh, And then we just paused, put a pause on it. But then when the COVID work uh, season stopped, uh, I missed basketball. I missed it a lot. And November come draft day, actually when, yeah, the same day Clay tore his Achilles, Clay Thompson, I you know picked up the microphone again and i just started talking because you know you're not really talking to that many people you're not seeing anybody and i just missed talking about sports so i started doing it and it just became like every game and i just couldn't stop and so since then i've done i've maybe missed a couple games but i've done every game that the warriors have played since uh november of 2020 and it's been a it's been a fun ride really interesting uh some uh you know they won a title in that span and and uh that made everything uh it made it, it uh, healed a lot of wounds for for warriors fans over the last couple years
0: yeah you're a lucky man man i remember the playing last year you know it they game against uh i think it was the nets was my mom's birthday and then i had another thing when they were playing the hawks so i i had to really managed my time very well during these games. I only caught about half of each. The Nets loss was miserable. My brother, who's a Nets fan, was there, and he was he was a happy camper. Um, we <laughs> should have won one of them, but I guess in the long run, them missing the playoffs, got them that lottery pick that would have belonged to Indiana, and we wouldn't have even had it in the first place, got us a who was a key part of the Mitchell deal. So well, whatever. that I did read somewhere that it, the, the takeaway was if we beat the Hawks or Nets, Mitchell's not a Cav, whatever. You know, it is cool. I'm excited this year because this is the best they've been through 11 games without LeBron in a really, really long time. You know, I always look mm-hmm. at the 97-98 season. I was two. I was not a Cavs fan yet. I was two. And that was the year we had Several key rookies, Cedric Henderson, who I've had on the podcast, Brevin Knight, who I've had on. They were both very excited talking about that year. You know, Big Z, Derek Anderson, just a Wesley person. They might have had Lamon Murray. I think we had Sean Kemp at that time. Just kind of came out of nowhere, won 47 games, had the top top three defense in the league. This is the best team since then without James, which is crazy. It's in my entire life. That's 25 more years but it's fun so so i think this this year for me is kind of going to be what last year was for you and i'm excited to to finally have this pod active i've been on it since the start of the 1920 season to have a team that's going to that level it'll be really mm-hmm. fun to track it especially during the playoffs which we should make if we don't then fire the coaching staff fire everybody but <laughs> yeah
1: you guys should make it
0: we should make it. And unfortunately, you know, Warriors haven't been horrible this year, but some way, somehow they're 4-7. and seven. Everyone's on minute restrictions and everyone's paid, so maybe they're playing less hard. I don't know. Patrick, why are the Warriors 4-7? and seven? They, just, they just won the title. They didn't lose anybody besides Porter. Porter and Peyton, who are important, but they weren't winning them games at the start of last season. It shouldn't help them. It shouldn't be falling off because they're gone.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I think part of it is, as we've heard, as you said, there's minutes restrictions, some of the vets, some of the starters, they've been taking it a little bit more slowly. A lot of them have shown flashes. The only person that's played consistently well over the course of the 11 games has been Steph. Uh, Wiggins has been the next most consistent guy. Uh, And then Clay, you know, he's, I keep saying this, it feels like he's playing like ghosts in his head uh he played well in the finals a lot of that is like you know there's a singular goal you're just trying to win the finals but in this long season I think he's kind of searching for something that he he lost a little bit and then you know I mean Draymond's playing pretty well but when you look at the bench uh, it's it's young and it's thin some guys haven't stepped up as maybe a lot of us thought that they would and, you know, it's taking there's, – there's those growing pains. You're hearing growing pains all the time, that phrase, this season. So um, I think it's a – obviously, it's a long season. I think, honestly, not that he's a savior or anything like that. I think Dante DiVincenzo is somebody that they really miss because uh, if you think about the Warriors, you know, seven, eight, nine guys last season, uh, you mentioned two of them, Otto Porter Jr., Gary Payton II, and then uh, – who else was it? Yes. Oh, Nemanja Bielica. That's
0: right, yeah. He's in Europe so, now, I think. You know,
1: the, technically, right now, the, the guys who should replace them are uh, DiVincenzo, Jamichael um, Green, and some mix of Moses Moody, uh, James Wiseman, and Jonathan Kaminga. Now, the question is like, with 71 games left, can those guys get to a point to fill in all those slots? I personally think so. Uh, That's why I'm not super worried. It's not fun to watch, uh, but you know, that's why you kind of just ride it out for a while. I've, I've said on my podcast, like, Hey, if you're really riding and dying with this team game to game, you know, maybe you should take like a month off because it's going to, it's going to be a while. Let's check in at the quarter quarter season mark after 20 games and see if we're seeing some progress and whatnot. But uh, you know, it's, it's, a it's not how I expected it to go, but you know, then again, uh, you know, that's, uh, it's NBA, you know, sometimes I wonder if these guys, if the young guys maybe just believed their own hype, maybe thought they were ready or if the, the vets part of it is like, Hey, maybe the vets coasted because in the past years when they've won, they've kind of coasted and there have been vets on the bench who kind of covered their tails for the, for maybe lackadaisical effort efforts. But right now it's like you build a 12 point lead against those pesky Sacramento Kings in the first quarter, you put in some subs and then you end up down by one right? at the end of one. So it's uh, it's definitely an interesting ride. And I've said that this Cavs game, Hey, when we first talked about doing this episode, I was like, Oh, this is gonna be a fun matchup. Now it's actually more of a, well, this is an interesting barometer, an interesting test for for the Warriors, so uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how that goes. And I'm and if the if the Warriors win, great. That's two in a row. If they lose, whew, there's going to be a lot of hand ringing uh, all over Warriors Twitter, which I actually don't go on very often. Yeah.
0: yeah, and honestly, my take on the Warriors, I I'm somebody that this is my first year with League Pass. Right now, I'm used to you know find different ways to watch the games. Congratulations.
1: Wow. What was that? Congratulations.
0: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and, uh, my brother and I are sharing league pass this year. Big move. He's a Nets fan. He just moved from New York to Florida, so he he needs it. Obviously, I'm a Cavs fan who's in New Jersey, so I can't. Well, I don't have the local issue. And, you know, I've always been someone that watches a ton of NBA TV. Every Wednesday when I'm around, I'll put on uh, Crunch Time, whatever many of the great hosts they have. But on the Warriors, you know, thanks, just getting back to that, I watch, I've watched 95% of the NBA playoffs. I've probably done that for the last 15 years. And you know, going back to my early teen years, and I think about this year's Warriors having just, you know, really following the playoffs, obviously, unfortunately, too close for those four years where you got it three <laughs> times. We're past that, though. Uh, and then the playoffs, you know, you got all your top guys. You got your Steph. You got your Clay. You know, he's coming back into form. Draymond's making plays. And Looney's playing incredible defense that no one's really talking about until you get to the later stages of the playoffs. And you got your Wiggins. Then you go to the bench. Peyton comes in and makes plays. When he goes down, it's next man up. You know, Bielitza had some huge playoff moments for them. And it's just everyone comes in and gets it done. Otto Porter, obviously, little Juan Toscano. And I see now, I'm kind of shocked. Because I see they plug in Kaminga. He plays good defense. He'll play anywhere. Moody is a sniper when I watch him play. I'm just surprised that... They haven't been as good as the sum of their parts. When honestly, Patrick, my thought on the Warriors is when you have that starting five, just plug and play with random stars, and it would work. That's my surprise. It, it hasn't with guys like Jamichael Green. And obviously, good DiVincenzo should be back tomorrow, so I'll, I'll see him firsthand. I'm just surprised.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're all surprised. I was doing podcast episodes saying, like, this might be the most talented Warriors team of the dynasty. And I guess on paper, in terms of their pedigree, yeah, sure, you know. Um, but some of the pieces just aren't – it's just not – there's no urgency right now. I think Steve Kerr talked about that. And you felt it during that five-game 0-5 road trip, like – the first game against Charlotte, it just I mean you want to see effort, right? We've all seen our teams play with poor effort, even if they're good, especially when they're bad. And you know, a couple of those games, it was just like, well, what are what are they what are they doing? And I think that, you know, with the Warriors, I look at their top six, right? The the six that were proven. And that includes the starters and Jordan Poole.
0: Uh-huh,
1: I believe in the starters to actually kind of get to where they need to be. Clay, I don't have any sense. <laughs> I don't think he'll get back to where he was in 2019. I think he'll get better than he is now. It'll get, I think he'll get more consistent. And I think for him, part of it is kind of accepting, getting to where he is and then accepting like that's, that's where it is. But then, you know, you look at someone like Jordan Poole, who just got paid and he's improved every single year. And, a lot of people didn't believe in him when he got drafted. I didn't believe in him. You know, his his rookie year, he was he was god awful,
0: twenty percent shooter.
1: <laughs> yeah, like he had no he had no real NBA skill. You know, like nothing to hang your hat on. And credit to him, he made it work. But right now, even him, he's playing pretty loosey goosey. He does a lot of stuff where, I mean, his his shooting is not consistent. He'll have some games where he's just like you know, lights out, but then he'll have games where he's like three for 12. And as, uh, he's only 23. So as the leader of the second unit, oftentimes it's like, he tries to do too much and he also makes mistakes regardless. And, you know, hey, great, you know, for, uh, uh making mistakes when you're actually like making trying to make plays. I I love that. But I think someone like DiVincenzo can take some pressure off of him, balance that out a little bit because they couldn't both play on ball, off ball. Um, I, uh, you know, talking about the top six, um, I think that, uh, you know, talking about the top six, it's like, like I said, can they find the seven, eight, nine guys to go deep into the playoffs? And honestly, like, yeah, that's, that's definitely it. There was part of me that wondered if, you know, the whole Draymond punching pool thing was going to to linger a little bit. And, you know, for all intents and purposes, it hasn't. But you got to think that maybe that had a bit of a kind of an emotional lull for the team early on. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah. And the, the funny thing, or maybe it's not funny, but the crazy thing is when we get new, big news from any player in the NBA, like they've been living a normal social life. And by say it's like social media life, Twitter life. They're posting, they're retwe- whatever. They're just having fun. As soon as they come in the news, it's, it's kind of whack to think that whatever. We knew that Draymond knew for a few days what he did. It's just when it got leaked. It's kind of funny. They, all, they act all normal knowing they did what they did. It's not going to leak. And then everything changes immediately in the immediate aftermath. And then everyone gets mm-hmm. ratioed and this and that. It's just crazy that if that video didn't get leaked, we might never really know what happened. So it's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's, it's wild the way media works and how just leaks and trust, whatever. I mean, I'm glad it did get out so we understood what happened. Because that's, I mean, I, if, if it was me and I was in the front office, I would have suspended him. I would have made him sit down with Jordan and really just talk. They're teammates. They want a title together. It's not about forcing. It's just making sure they're as people with the same goal. They do that. I'm not, not going to dwell on it. We we can come back to this in a bit, but it's it's definitely something to see Draymond doing his thing, promoting his podcast, and all of a sudden stops when he gets caught, says nothing for a couple of days, then goes back doing his thing when the news cycle drops it. It's just it's it's a weird market. It's a weird time that we're in with NBA media, media and media on all sports like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is one of the weirdest early NBA seasons I've ever seen off the court. And it's actually really just, I'm I'm kind of over it. I just keep talking. Like when the Draymond thing happened, uh, I said my piece on it. And uh, after maybe a couple episodes, I was like, you know, I'm just going to whatever happens in between the lines. That's kind of what I'm talking about because everything else is just, it's just noise. I'm not saying it doesn't matter and it's not relevant, but it's just, I, it's my show. I don't want to talk about it usually. I'm with you man. Know, like on my show. But at this point, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I. Uh, I said before it came out. The day before it came out, I was like, "Thank God there's no video of it." And then um, there was a video of it <laughs> the next day. <laughs> like, yeah, and this this is what happens. And to me, it wasn't so much about taking a, uh, a a stance. I mean, I thought he would get suspended, maybe five games. But it's not so much like taking a hard stance for me. It's like just the 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 chatter. All these moralists coming out who don't even watch basketball, and it's just like like you said, uh, pouring it out on uh online and on social and it's like that's the kind of noise that a team coming off a title you know when they're in you know they came from they went to Japan had some good times played with some hedgehogs and then uh jordan Poole gets punched in the face
0: <laughs> yeah but uh, at least it didn't leave it didn't leave any damage the the leaks showed it worse than it was nonetheless let's move on to the matchup we are previewing which is in fact the Cleveland Cavaliers versus Patrick's Golden State Warriors. And just to look at the last. So the Warriors have actually won 10 straight. I'm looking at land of basketball. We have not beaten you guys since Christmas 2016. When Kyrie Irving, who was still cool, he is anything but, and I'm no, no positive <laughs> to say about him. We'll hold that for another episode, maybe way later. But he hit the game winner that day against the Warriors. And then we lost by 35-7-10-24-6-19. 31, 18, 15, and 14. We're not going to talk about last year's games either. The second of which Clay came back. Warriors lead the all-time series 66-52. I'm just going to do a real quick dig to find out the last time we beat you without LeBron. March 14th, 2014, by a 103-94 score. Spencer Hawes had 22 and 13. Luol Aldang had 16. Kyrie, um, again. Had 16, and then we got 18 and 4 off the bench from Dion Waiters. My man Deli hit two threes. That's how you knew it was a good day. And the Cavs improved that day. Actually, I don't have a record here, but it certainly was not pretty because. Whatever. So that that was it. So we have to go all the way back to the 13-14 season. This time ahead, Patrick. My question is: between Curry and Mitchell, who do you expect to have the better game? And will that be a determinant for who actually wins?
1: The way the Warriors have been playing, and as I said, Steph has been playing solidly. Um, I'll have to go with Steph. I mean, this is Uh uh, uh, I I just think that, especially at home, I do expect them to see a Cleveland team that is, what, 8-3? and Uh, And has been playing well, that's been touted uh, early on and see that as a challenge. And I think that you know, Curry always steps up. Not saying uh, Mitchell
0: won't have a good game, but, you know, I'll
1: put it on Curry to put on the show on a Friday night, or at least try to.
0: Right, I'm with that. And to touch on your, your favorite surprise, Cav Isaac Okoro, he is shooting 30% from the field, including <laughs> 0 for 11 on threes. 0 for 11. If, if you go to the park, <laughs> the whole family, let's have a family picnic. You got, let's say you got four siblings, two of your siblings have kids. Everybody shoots 11 threes. They go 0 for 11 because some of them might be three years old and they can't reach an NBA basket. Congratulations, you're Isaac Okoro right now. <laughs> <laughs> no disrespect because I want him to succeed, but two points, one rebound, 30%. He's averaging a turnover in 14 minutes, means he has 11 turnovers in 140. He's just, he's doing nothing. His confidence a is gonzo. Defense isn't enough because Tony Allen still averaged ten points a game without an ability to score. That that's what he would be. It's he's his future is very bleak. Thank. What, it, what it, number it, pick was he? Fifth. So fifth. I, I, I guess it's I don't. I'd rather at this point I would wish we got Denny Avdia because better better shooter, great defender, and sure he deals with foul trouble, but he has confidence. Sokoros' confidence is also a zero. I don't know. Maybe he'll turn it around. But my bigger question is where Lamar Stevens has been. He's played 20 minutes across three appearances. He was that guy at times. He had a game-winning dunk as a rookie. He had a double-double in 15 minutes in another game that year. During the COVID outburst last year, he was playing 35 minutes a night. Scoring in the teens, hitting jumpers. I just put him in the guy i like patrick and you're going to learn a lot about you've definitely read about is dean wade any any early thoughts on him i, I probably haven't seen a ton of footage yet uh, I this have season not.
1: yeah i have not i um i think the episode you did with peter kennedy i think you yeah. talked about dean wade and i was like oh okay so he's he's good apparently oh he's yeah he's solid so uh you know he's he's known for something more than than his first initial and his
0: last name <laughs> Oh, no, the, the, the D Wade joke is great because every time you say D, Dean Wade, it's not like you're saying D Wade. And we've had the, there's only been two D Wades in NBA history, and they've both played for the Cavs, obviously. And Dean Wade, seven points, three boards, 50% on threes. He's got a couple of poster dunks. Last year, he was playing great defense. I went to Nets Cavs last November. We lost because they had no bigs except for Kevin Love but he finished the day with like 33 minutes played. and he was in Durant's face on every shot. So Dean Wade, I think is the unsung hero so far. He did make the what six threes against the Knicks a couple weeks ago. And then for you guys, you know, I'm, I haven't seen a ton. I mean, I've read a lot of negative things about Jordan Poole, and I know he has good games and bad games, but He's not actually getting demoted in any way, right? He's still going to be 25, 30 minutes. It's just a, like, a, it's, a, it's a struggle, right? There's nothing extenuating happening.
1: Yeah. I mean, Kurt, you know, because he's kind of proven in the playoffs and he, Kurt trusts him a little bit. He's letting him play through. And also because there's no one else to go to, especially on that second unit. If, uh, when DiVincenzo gets back, I mean, he's, DiVincenzo is probably going to look really rusty since he had a hammy issue. Um, and I think that's when Kerr will have some flexibility with all that stuff. So I think Poole, you know, like I I think, he, I mean, he's always been uh, high variance as a player. I and mean, if you go back to when he broke out at the end of last season, he was awesome against the Nuggets in the playoffs, right? Everybody's talking about like, what's the new nickname for this, uh, this lineup, this new death lineup? But then throughout the playoffs, he was abused on defense, he had to sit. his inconsistency his came up in other rounds. Uh, I still believe obviously that he can get better, but right now it's not like he's at the level of like where he'll be when he's 25, 26, 27, you know So um, And it could be also he's trying to prove that like he is worth that. I'm curious because, you know, uh, when he played against Tyler Hero the first time in San Francisco, uh, you know, he showed out, he showed out better than Tyler hero in Miami. A couple days later, hero looked a little bit better. I'm curious. I mean, you know, just how, uh, you know, as an athlete, he kind of rises to the challenge of playing against, uh, Garland just because they're in the same draft class. You know, that's always something for anybody in the NBA. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a Garland fan. I'm a, i am I was a fan of his father. I used to watch his father play at the Oakland Shout out Winston and uh and i was like once i found out that I was his kid i was like oh yeah i like that kid now you know so um yeah i'm uh, that's a matchup i'm particularly looking forward to uh especially since i won't get the matchup i've been wanting for over a year which is the uh the wiseman matchup which i which we probably won't get actually <laughs> you
0: know yeah. if it was me I w-
1: we would get it but i'm not the coach of the warriors
0: no, yeah, you know, we'll see. And I look at Jordan Poole, and I, as I was thinking about what to respond with when you started talking about Jordan Poole, I'm like, wait, all the guards that come out of Michigan play good defense. And then the names I thought of, though, after that were Tim Hardaway, Nick Stauskas, uh, Duncan <laughs> Robinson, Trey Burke. No disrespect to any of them, but I'm starting to realize that all these Michigan guards that get it done in college don't do it with the defense. They're, they're en- good enough in college where it's not a call-out, but all these guys that struggle with defense in the NBA. Now, Hardaway, I think, has gotten called out the least because he's played the fewest high-stakes games of of all these guys. But, I mean, hopefully – I looked at him coming into the NBA. He had a little man bun, like samurai action going, kind of like Darius has, but on a lower (laughs) level. And I remember looking at his numbers through two months. He had shooting splits of like 28 and 23, yet somehow he was still 89% of the free-throw line, which – Pretty much reminds me of starting out in my career back in the early 2010s in 2K, where you have no shooting ability, but you can master the free throw pretty simply. And that's kind of, and then I know eventually he turned it on. He was getting hot. I think he played one game with Steph that entire year because I think Poole began the year in the G League, unless I'm thinking of the following season, because Steph played that one game, then he got the flu, and then COVID hit. So I'm sure Aaron Baines is not one of your favorite people. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I guess it got us a high draft pick, but then
1: that's that's James Wiseman, so we'll see. Yeah,
0: I could have had LaMelo, but if you look at that, they I, no, you can't look at it like You can't live in the past. The Cavs, I mean, 2004, there was a loaded class. We took Luke Jackson the year before that. We Ooh. took Dewan Wagner two years before that. A year before Brown, we had Dewan Wagner. He couldn't stay healthy. You know, the Cavs whiffed a lot. Christian Iyenga, Mega Whiff, Sergey Karasov, Super Ultra Deluxe, Mega Whiff, Carrick Felix, Whiff, Jared Cunningham, Whiff, and I know we traded him, <laughs> and Jay Crowder, and I think it was Bernard James to get Tyler Zeller. All these whiffs, whatever. At least we had CJ Miles for a couple of years. <laughs> but, you know, it, it is it is what it is. We'll see what happens with Wiseman. I think, I think he, in my opinion... Patrick, he's temporarily a bust just because this would be his third season. You look at what some of the other guys in, in that class have done. Lamelo has already been an all-star, you know, and you have so many other pieces. I just – I, my head's not – was Cade that draft? Or was he a year – No, no I, Cade was the year after. Cade, Cade was last year. Did they had Isaiah Stewart that year, the Pistons?
1: Yeah, they came up together, yeah, Isaiah Stewart they played in high school a lot. And, um, I always watch those Pistons games, those Wiseman Pistons games, because Isaiah Stewart, just in the most recent road trip just does things like that. Why he comes after Wiseman, you know, those guys were like at the top of their draft class for a while. So, uh, that's always a barometer for me as well. And in terms of a bust, I mean, someone's a bust, I guess, like, I mean, I, I, that's fine. I'm not going to like take offense to calling Wiseman a bust, but you know, I'm a, I'm a fan. I believe in the kid, but it's also like, right. He just passed like his 50th game, uh, of his career. Uh, he didn't play, he played three games against, and one was against a good team in college. And then, you know, I mean, it, he needs to to get playing time, plain and simple. And, uh, that's something it sucks because, uh, last year, if he was healthy, He could have come along more slowly because they had more vets and there was more of a cushion. This season, it feels like he's getting some of the pressure that he got his rookie year. Even though they weren't great his rookie year, people were expecting a lot from him. And to me, the bar for him this season was low. It was be healthy, stay healthy. And Mm -hmm. I think when you see the talent and what he can do, uh, it's easy to get ahead of yourself and just be like, well, we want this, that, and the other. Granted, the simple things like uh, setting good screens, uh, boxing out, and rebounding are have have come up as as issues. But um, you know, I uh, I, I want to see like how he looks, you know, mid season, right? Like. Uh, I, I will be – I'll call him a bust if I think he's a bust eventually. But, you know, I've I've made good calls in my lifetime. I've made, I've made bad calls. I thought Mike Dunleavy was going to be good. I thought Anthony Randolph was actually going to oh, be Mike
0: good. Mike Dunleavy was good. Who? We had him at the end. Mike Dunleavy – oh, we're talking about the player, right? Not the coach? Mike Dunleavy yeah, Jr. He was, number,
1: he was a number three pick savior after
0: uh, uh, Yao Ming and and, well, you know. What, Jason what, oh. before the all right that's okay that's another story okay yeah. i didn't know i didn't know he was drafted no two thought it was earlier uh no yeah.
1: no 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 he was uh i was like i was like that was the era of those big when big wings started becoming like a thing like lamar odom Troy Murphy, right
0: and, Troy and Murphy? i was like, uh
1: that was uh a year later wait a year later um Anyway, uh anyway. Yeah, but uh I was like Mike Dunleavy, that, that dude's the white Lamar Odom. That's what I said.
0: <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just finishing up on this draft class too, you know, talking about his opportunities. A lot of teams whip. So Wolf T Wolves got ant Bulls Bulls fans already think Pat Williams is the bust. That I'll wait on that one. Congu hasn't had a proper opportunity, but I think he's gonna be a beast once Capella's gone. Killian uh-huh. Hayes is absolutely atrocious. Obi Tapa uh-huh. needs more Obi needs more minutes. Obdi is in a good situation. Jalen Smith just had to get traded. He's fine. Sun's messed up. Vassell is amazing. He was an amazing... He was just needed to wait an extra year. Uh, Kings and technically drafted Sabonis that year. Pelicans totally dropped the ball with Kyron Lewis, even when he's healthy. Celtics got knee-Smith, led them to Brogdon. Fine. Cole Anthony's a beast. Isaiah Stewart is awesome. Pokashevsky, I don't have any words yet. <laughs> Josh Green is really fun to watch on the defensive end. Sadiq Bey was an amazing get for the Pistons. Achua, the Heat helped him get Kyle Lowry. Fine. Like you're the teams that did well. There were some whiffs. Maxie, Dub, Najee, so far an L because he can't beat out DeAndre for minutes in his third season. Pomaro helped them get helped the Wolves get Gobert. RJ Hampton, whatever, just finishing out here. Quickly, Beast. Pritchard, Beast as a Buki. Doesn't really matter. It won't make any difference if he's good or bad with. They got Olenek, they got Kessler, Lakers, Timberwolves, Jada McDaniels, W, Raptors, Malachi, Flynn, W, Desmond Bain, W. So, I mean, you look at all these guys that were never going to be the second pick who could have been amazing, but we, so we took a Okoro number five. So, what do we did, know? What do I know? Did, I hear Hal- did you say Halliburton at all? Yeah, so Halliburton was 12 and he became Sabonis. So, that's yeah, okay. kind of how I... Yeah. He played well enough to get them an All Star, but he should still be there. But whatever, uh, I'm actually like their current roster with Sabonis, so I won't say anything yet. At this point, in the next season, I think right now that's actually a good move for them, but it's still going to look it's still a dumb trade, but it actually might work out for them. But getting 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 get getting back to uh, to Cavs Warriors, so. Both of these teams, I think we both really need this win. I, I wouldn't, shouldn't be saying that for the Cavs in Game Twelve, but if you lose three straight on the road out west, it's not good. If you have your two top guys, Darius and Donovan, playing in all those games. So that being said, Patrick, I don't think we have. Actually, we probably have. We have lines. I'm gonna. I, I don't know. Do we know? The Warriors are probably favored. They'd have to, right? Guys are I don't know about that. I, I don't look at lines that often, but I, I'm not exactly sure. Right, we'll skip the line. Let's just all right, We'll go no line. We'll call it a money line decision. I'll, I'll let you start, and I'll go. Who's winning? The, who's winning this contest? And we'll still talk a little bit more about the matchup after the fact. But who's? What do you think is actually going to lift the single game trophy in game number twelve? <laughs> who's getting? Who's getting the chain? I know. I don't think you guys do the chain that the Cavs do. Um, but
1: you know, if this was a month ago when we were just like scheduling this thing, I'd be like, oh yeah, Warriors. Uh, but now I'm like warriors with my fingers, like crossed and very, very hopeful. I think they need it more than, than the Cavs. And not that the Cavs can be like, Hey, you need it more. Take it. (laughs) But, uh, again, like I'll have to just go with like, they're going to put, uh, they're going to rise to the the challenge a little bit. Sometimes they played down the season because they're not all there. They at least played up against the Lakers on opening night. I mean, Lakers stink, but it was opening night against LeBron. Mm-hmm. And they played up against the Heat both times, went one and one. And then they've played pretty much down to to everybody else. And those other teams played up. So, um, you know, just based on effort and being at home, I'll, uh, I'll give it to the Warriors, but uh, I would not put money on it. Let's put it that way. <laughs>
0: All right, you're a smart man. See, I any any time on on the rare case I do bet, and I've actually bet on the Cavs, they lose. Case in case in point, the Pistons matchup. Right? Thank you. Yeah, you wish. You would you, you you'd think you think to get the Warriors to win, you just get a little Zach Weiss betting action, and it's an easy dub for the visitor. Nah, you know, I think it's going to be a good game. I mean, I think you guys have the best player. I didn't have stats averaging 33-7-7 and 7 on 50-49. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. I never saw his stats. 33-7-7, and 7, shooting 51-43-90. Okay. Uh, if who, – who, who is averaging? Okay, if Luca didn't exist, then he would be – if Luca and Giannis didn't exist, he would be a runaway. I don't know. The MVP race, they should give it to all three of them because Luca is – did, all right. Well, that is impressive. Let's see. Clay. Clay shooting. Wow. Okay. Pool. I never. I had the stats up. Clay is shooting 36%, 33 from three. Doesn't get to the free throw line. Pool's at 40, 30, 80. Draymond is at a classic 60, 30, 60. Nice. Wiggs is at 48, 40, 70. All right. I, okay, good. He's playing. He deserves to play well. All right. So. Looking at all this, I'm glad. I guess Moody's played in every game. That's that's good. He deserves that. He'll, he'll shoot better. Um, I'm going to give it to the Cavs, but I'll say because I trust that JB Bickerstaff will actually play his bench, which he has not been doing. If you look at our last couple of box scores and you watch the games, Osman's barely been in the game, despite being one of the potentially hottest shooters we have. Okoro is. Getting minutes that he really shouldn't right now. The only guys making a difference that play are Dean Wade and Kevin Love. Those two and Osmond are the only ones that come in. Avert shooting 38% from the field, yet somehow 43 from three. His two-point percentage is god-awful. Just watching him try and score, other than that game against Boston, has been atrocious. Darius is shooting 38%. Him and Mitchell average seven turnovers a game. That has to come down. There's no question about that. You know, he can't keep turning the ball over 20th in turnover percentage. I think the way the Cavs are going to win is just feed Kevin Love, who's shooting 41% from three. Him and Don shoot a really high volume. Mitchell has really been good. In fact, he's playing 39 minutes a game. is a little troubling because this is reminding me of the LeBron era Cavs a little bit, first era. He would play 43 mm. minutes a night. Just got to find a way to win the minutes he's not in. You got to drop that to 34 a game. There's no question. I think Darius bounces back. I think Mitchell gets 30. I think Curry scores 35 plus. I think we make more threes, which would not have been the case talking about this game before the season. I think it comes down to the wire. I think for you, being in California, you could still go out enjoy your Friday. For me, it's going to be 12.30 time for bed. Thankfully, it won't be the third straight West Coast L in my hypothetical <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair prediction. I, I think for the Warriors, it's really like what version shows up, and we've seen the the bad version for a long time. It's whether or not they'll play good defense, which has been uh, just a killer for them. They're all slow on rotations. Like I've talked about Jordan Poole. Uh, Clay's gotten blown by a few times, but he's turning the corner a little bit. So uh, if it's the team that played against uh, Charlotte, then it's going to be a blowout if it's the team that uh that played <laughs> against uh the heat, I suppose. Then, then uh, uh that's that's going to be a, a good matchup. So, you know, it really, really, really depends. Like you said, the Warriors have the best player, but then, man, last Warriors box scored against those pesky Kings, all the starters were plus like you know, anywhere from plus seven to plus 20. And the whole bench was just minus, 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 minus. So, uh, you know, if Steph played all 48, then we'd probably win. But, you know, that's that's a bad idea.
0: And now, is Ty Jerome playing because DiVincenzo's been out? Or is there another reason? Because I like him, but I, I know mm. he started the year as a free agent. So I'm kind of confused where his minute, who he's replacing in the rotation over the last couple weeks.
1: Yeah, he started playing for Dante DiVincenzo when he got hurt. Uh, just as a big 6'5 guard uh, wing who doesn't make mistakes, who's bold and will hit an outside shot and will hit a nice floater, surprisingly. Uh, I think that after Kerr decided to kind of rejigger the lineup, both he and Anthony Lamb played well when they sat the vets in New Orleans. And so Kerr rewarded them with some trust and played them a lot against Sacramento. And they looked Okay. I mean, they, they turned a little bit more back into pumpkins, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, Dante DiVincenzo will eventually take those minutes back. And I think playing Lamb and playing I – because mean, what the Warriors don't have is those Juan Toscano-Anderson types, the Damian Lee types, uh, on top of the guys that we mentioned earlier who were just, you know, settling uh, – personalities on the bench who are like 28 29 years old who may not be that really that good of players but they won't spaz they'll slow down the younger guys will kind of pace things and so i think that's what they've been missing on their second unit like i alluded to before i think DiVincenzo coming back again not a savior but eating a chunk of minutes eventually once he gets his legs under him uh will be will be helpful especially at, on um, on ball defense and stuff
0: yeah, and shout out Damian Lee, who I completely neglected to mention, I now realize, talking about last year's team, having a great start with the Suns. I think he had a couple of clutch buckets in their opener. Mm-hmm. Had his game winners while Steph was out, even while Steph was in. I remember his game winner a couple of years ago. He's had a lot of good moments. So he's a guy that people clowns, Oh, he's Steph's brother-in-law, but he's he was a top 10 player on a team that just won a title a year ago. So just shout out to him for that. He obviously deserves that recognition. And we'll we'll see. You know, I'm sure the Warriors can find a way to make a deadline move when the time comes. I don't know who that is or who they have that gets traded. I I don't know. But I do think you guys would really benefit if Jermichael Green can just play with confidence. Because I've never loved his game. I liked him on the Grizzlies. Didn't love him on the Clippers. Did not love him on the Nuggets either, to be completely honest. Like, I liked when Boogie was in more than when he was in last year. So I guess we'll, we'll see, but I think they could benefit if he just sh- shoots with confidence. Cause when he was with the Grizzlies, I remember him taking a lot of threes when he came from, uh, from college. So think he just has to play with confidence and he could be a good backup for, for one. And if Draymond ever needs a rest game, he could give you 20 minutes as a starter and just put up his 10 to 12 and bring that veteran presence as someone that had a lot, kind of a different route to the NBA. Yeah. I think
1: to Michael Green, like, I really liked that pickup over the summer. Um, it's it's a little bit of a different fit that I think they need to massage uh, because he is you know you compare him to say Autoport Junior who was like a four three this guy's a four five right so where the Warriors kind of have a glut on their bench is like four uh, five Kaminga even though he was drafted as a small forward he's more of a power forward right now in terms because he doesn't have enough ball skill or decision making is not where it needs to be and he's a small ball center. Wiseman obviously a center. So what they're missing a little bit is that, you know, three guy, another three guy and that's where Moody slides in, but Moody is still just 20 years old and even though he's a like really uh, I was not that mature when I was 20 years old, but uh he still makes mistakes and he still has his his flaws. He's not of course he's not polished and uh sometimes his his uh his slight lack of athleticism his slower foot speed uh and his long ish wind up on his on his shot kind of you know things he needs to he needs to work on as time goes but uh, uh you know i think with michael green that is going to be kind of a, a question mark when Kamega came back in the lineup i was hoping green would sit and he did but then they also sat wiseman which i was not surprised by uh was hoping they wouldn't but um it's fully understandable right now, you know, might be good for him.
0: Yeah, know. hopefully it does work out. I do want to see him play well. I want to see a core get better. You'll see him for a bit defensively, just while Wendler is out forever and other guys don't get as many minutes. But all right, so Patrick, final thoughts on the matchup and what we should expect from the Warriors, Warriors and Cavs sides. And then we'll wrap up. Uh,
1: final thoughts are, you know, you can get probably the Warriors' best punch, not the season ever, but like in the last 11 games, like the early season. You know, They they may not know what their best punch is because they don't know who they are yet, which is weird to say about a title-winning team, but uh, you'll get their best punch, and you'll get uh, probably a really, really entertaining game.
0: All right. I'm absolutely with that. And for me, I think Steph is going to absolutely show out. And I think on the Cavs side, Garland is not going to turn the ball over seven times and shoot two for 12 again. So if both of those things happen, I'll enjoy myself. But Patrick, it has been an absolute pleasure finally slicing it up. So tell everybody here where they can find the Oakland Warriors podcast. Yeah, you can
1: find Oakland Warriors uh, on wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors, uh, and you can find me on Twitter when I'm actually there <laughs> at Oakland oh, cool. Warriors, but go to the YouTube channel. That's where I get most of my uh, interaction and, uh, and, and fan talk. So appreciate it, man.
0: You got it. So for Patrick E. Pino, I'm Zach Weiss. This is the latest installment of Across the Cavs. we got Cavs versus Warriors tomorrow night. And we'll talk to you after that game.